Hello, hello, welcome to Griff Talks Football. I know it's not an original idea, but it's my show anyway. So, thank you for listening. Uh, just letting you know, I did upload an episode yesterday. So, this episode is going to be released September 26th. Uh, the one I'm recording right now, which is Thursday. So, if you're listening, by the time I upload this and you're listening, that that's today. I did upload a, uh, an episode uh, yesterday, Wednesday, 25th. However, when I played, when I... I uploaded the episode, and then I, I didn't realize I fucked up. Um, when I uploaded it, I, I decided to play it after it's already streamed to other apps, such as Spotify, Spotify, not Spotify, Spotify and Stitcher. And when I played it on both, the 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 fucking mic wasn't exactly working, and so there was a lot of audio within the first five minutes where it was going in and out, and I couldn't even hear myself explain the information that I was trying to give. So I do apologize. So this is going to be, again, if you've already listened to that episode yesterday and you don't see it, it's because I just, I, I, I got rid of it. I got rid of the episode. So again, this is going to be more of a uh, an updated version, if you will, or a uh, fixed version, uh, making sure that the mic actually fucking works. Um, but yeah, again, this is reviewing week three and then also talking about today's game, which should have been uploaded the episode yesterday, so that would have been a Wednesday. But today's game um, between the Packers and the Eagles um, come around 7.20, I think, tonight, 7.20 uh, Central Time. And also, which team is the worst undefeated team and which team is the best winless team? That's something I'll uh, discuss later in this episode. But we're going to fucking fire this shit away right quick, uh, reviewing this past Sunday and Monday game, starting with the Dolphins and the Cowboys. Uh, and, and just remember, when I'm reviewing these games, I'm just like doing a quick point, like the summary of each game, and explaining some detail, not too much. I'm not going to be like explaining 10 minutes per game or some shit like that. That'd be, that'd be fucking ridiculous. Uh, I could even handle that. I love football, but I can even handle that. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to do Dolphins versus Cowboys. Summary, Dallas has not played anybody. Look, I understand Dallas is, is undefeated. Green, no, that's not something to shy away from. That's not something to ignore or abolish. Like going 3-0, okay, I admit it is difficult. It, it's also an, an amazing achievement. However, you look at the first three games that Dallas has played. They played home against the Giants week one. They fucking destroyed them. Week two, they played at the Redskins. The Redskins have a horrible defense. So they outscored them. And in week three, they played back home, faced the Dolphins. And the Dolphins overall are just a terrible fucking team. And so I wouldn't... I hate to do, like, so early predictions. Like, I know I did season predictions. But, you know, Dolphins are just terrible. And they could go... They could be like a third or fourth team in the NFL history to be winless this season. And I hate saying that. I don't want to see teams winless. Um, but that is the potential I could see here. And Dallas's real competition won't be until this Sunday night. Uh, on NBC, when they play away, this is an away game for Dallas. They're going to play against the Saints. It's going to be at the Saints Stadium. And so I understand the Saints. Uh, had lost Drew Brees, so they're not going to have him back for the next few weeks. However, Teddy Bridgewater Bridgewater is similar to Drew Brees in the sense of 
throwing it short, intermediate routes, not throwing deep as much, not as accurate force, not as great mechanics and footwork, um, or reads the field as well as Drew Brees. But again, very similar play style. The offense has been is going to be probably run heavy, and I will predict or at least preview more of this game in my next episode on Saturday, which I'll make sure not to get that that the fucking mic actually works. Um, but yeah, just know that even though Dallas 3-0, they have not played anybody. They they destroyed the Dolphins 31-6. Dak uh, has been, again, phenomenal play, but has not played anyone. So this is the real actual competition against the Saints this upcoming some Sunday. Right, next up, Bengals versus Bills. Josh Allen is ridiculous. Josh Allen, he has not only improved his completion percentage this year, he he has thrown, I mean, again, he's thrown the ball accurate. He's still mobile, if not faster than ever in terms of being able to escape the pocket. He's very, he. I feel like he's got stronger too in terms of being able to break sacks. Like he was a difference in that game. Um, ultimately, the Bills won by a possession. They won 21 to 17. However, uh, even though the Bengals' defense is not great, even though they're winless, uh, they've been the Bengals have been in competitive games. They've been they've been competitive. They just not have been able to get a win. And the Bills were able to take advantage. Or were able to take back the league in the fourth quarter just because of Josh Allen's mobility. It has been a difference, or at least because his play is, has changed. From the previous year, he's gotten better. The Bills are ranked sixth in total offense and eighth in points per game, I believe. So, yes, I also recognize that the Bills have not played anybody. But we also did not expect the Bills to be 3-0, or at least I didn't expect the Bills to be 3-0 this year uh, thus far. But then again, that goes to credit to Josh Allen's play. So congrats on the Bills winning. Next up, Lions versus Eagles. Eagles' mistakes and no pass rush was the difference in the game. The Eagles didn't even hit Matt Stafford once, did not even sack him. All right, the Eagles boast one of the best pass rushes for the past few seasons. And uh, this year was supposed to be no different. And they're in the bottom of the league right now enforcing sacks, which is bad because as a 4 3 scheme, as I went over my first season in terms of explaining schemes, uh, it's very dependent on the front seven, but more particularly the defensive line. And if your pass rush is coming from the defensive line, they need to not only be able to get to the QB, but also create space for linebackers if they're blitzing to hit the QB. And now they hit staff. I, I, I understand, like, they barely hit him, though. They only hit him once or twice. My correction there. But Matthew Stafford, when pressure, was able to either throw the ball away or find a wide open receiver. So. There, there was no pass rush. And also the mistakes, though, uh, the Eagles made two crucial mistakes that kind of helped the Lions win the game. Um, they gave uh, they gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown in their first quarter. And also, I think in the sec- late in the second quarter, before halftime, uh, Nelson Aguilar fumbled the ball as he caught it and took two steps. And then, of course, fumbled. And the Lions recovered, retail, uh, uh, returned it for – to, to run the, the opponent's 30-yard line, the Eagles' 30-yard line, and, you know, we're able to get a field goal from there. So the Lions end up winning 27-23, but it wasn't because the Lions played great. It was because the Eagles' mistakes was the difference in that game. Jets versus Pats. Why did the Jets 
Fire Adam Gates. Yes, he took the Dolphins to the playoffs in 2016. Credit to him. Credit Jay Jai when he had a healthy season and a Pro Bowl season. And credit to the defense that year. However, he has not. He did not take the Dolphins in 2017 and 2018 to the playoffs. And certainly, being the head coach for Jets, the offense has certainly got worse. So I don't understand the hire of getting Adam Gase as a head coach, and especially for him calling offensive plays. Uh, the hire did not make sense to me. I would rather have the Jets had hired uh, Mike McCarthy. Yes, Mike McCarthy did get fired from the Packers last year. He took him to eight straight playoff appearances. Not just the play of Aaron Rodgers. He also helped develop Aaron Rodgers' play, and he his play calling also helped Aaron Rodgers, uh, believe it or not. Uh, but that's neither here or there. It, this is the focus of Adam Gaze, and he's been terrible. And the, and the Jets, because of him being terrible, the Jets are winless right now. In which, by the way, the Pats won 30 to 14. Whoopty fucking do. They're, they're going to be dominant this year. Falcons versus Colts. Jacoby played extremely well. He actually threw over 300 yards, barely over 300, but it was 300 yards. Uh, or at least around there. He also threw two touchdowns, didn't turn over the ball, managed. I can't say he managed the game. All right, managed the game is like barely throwing 200 yards and like just giving it to the running back the entire time. Marlon Mack had 74 yards rushing on like 17 carries. So that was a good average, almost around five uh, five yards per carry. Um, however, um, Jacoby was the difference in that game. Obviously, and, and the Falcons did make mistakes offensively. They did turn over the ball. However, the game ended up being 27-24, but the Colts won because they made plays late in the two-minute drill to be able to run out the clock and ultimately win the game. And that was thanks to Jacoby. So congrats on Jacoby. Uh, fun fact, Jacoby and Jimmy Garoppolo were backup QBs to Tom Brady in, in the year 2016 uh, and also 2017. But Jimmy Garoppolo was then traded to the 49ers that season. And then uh, Jacoby uh, was also traded uh, to the Colts that season, too. Um, so, and Tom Brady's 3-0, Jimmy's 3-0, and Jacoby was almost 3-0. His only loss thus far was week one against the Chargers in overtime. Um, that, I, again, I, I just thought that was a fun fact. But overall, the theme of that game is Jacoby played extremely well. Raiders versus Vikings. It seems to me the Vikings Vikings can only beat non-playoff teams. And which that's been like theme from media is that Kirk Cousins is like 424-1 against teams that have been in the playoffs or had winning records and, and in primetime games, which is fucking ridiculous. It's a team effort. It's not just one player. Um, but I can understand why, you know, one player – it, it, especially if the quarterback of the team gets blamed in that situation. I understand that, but it's a team effort. Um, however, Vikings lost to the Packers. The Packers haven't made the playoffs the past two seasons, but again, they've been in eight consecutive playoff appearances starting from 2010 uh, to, to 20, 2016. No, I'm sorry, back in 2009, 2009 to 2016. Um, yeah, eight, eight, it was seven years, but it goes by seasons, so it's eight consecutive seasons. Um, however, the, uh, the Packers are undefeated right now. 
And, of course, the Vikings did beat the Raiders 34-14, to and they beat the Falcons week one in dominating fashion, too. But I guess when it comes to teams actually in a bid for playoff spots, teams that have playoff potential, the Vikings just can't seem to beat them. Um, so look for the Vikings to see if they can beat teams that are in competition for the playoffs or teams that have already claimed a playoff spot uh, later down the year. And Raiders is just – Raiders are trash. Just FYI. Ravens versus Chiefs. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are also ridiculous. Just like Josh Allen, both have great mobility. Patrick Mahomes, I would think overall is the better is a better QB, especially for arm strength too. Uh, but Lamar Jackson, he's by far the most athletic. Uh, he's got the most agility. He's able to juke guys like he's in a fucking video game. Now, granted, the Chiefs won 33-28. The Ravens were onside kick away from recovering and being able to at least compete and then have an opportunity to win the game in the final seconds. However, they did not recover the onside kick. The Chiefs recovered it, ran out the clock. Um, so, Patrick Holmes, he threw over 300 yards, almost 400, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Lamar didn't score a touchdown at all, but he threw over 200 yards. He almost, I think, rushed for almost 50 yards as well. Uh, but it was Mark Henry that got Mark Henry. No, not Henry. Sorry, Mark Ingram uh, that had three rushing touchdowns. That kind of gave the, the Ravens an a opportunity to be able to at least compete in that game. So, but again, a credit to Lamar Jackson playing well. Um, hopefully, we see another competition of this, but at the Ravens Stadium. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. Because being the Chiefs at their stadium is very difficult to do. Um, Broncos versus Packers. Green Bay's defense is fucking phenomenal. It really is. Now, granted, I understand they haven't played against a really good QB, but you got to remember, Broncos actually have a tremendous running game. And the prior week, the Vikings also have a tremendous running game. Um, but the Packers defense, just they've given up big runs here and there. So run defense is something the Packers need to uh, tremendously improve upon um, throughout the throughout the season. Uh, but their pass defense and forcing turnovers and getting sacks has been the most positive and bright spot and the strong suit of this amazing defense. And so um, the Packers end up winning 27 to 16. Uh, but again, it's not the Packers offense has been phenomenal. Uh, yes, they have Aaron Rodgers. Yes, they have a new play caller. Yes, they're in a zone scheme that's meant for to run, 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 and then pass. Um, however, it's been in the bottom ranks, but you also recognize that Packers offense has played against tremendous defenses. But throughout these three wins, and for them being undefeated, all credit goes to Green Bay's defense. Panthers versus Cardinals. Kyle Allen's four touchdown performance. Um, Panthers end up winning 38-20. Arnold's are still trash. Kyler Murray, I say he's good, but um, it's not enough to be able to get wins necessarily. They did tie. They did make a tie in week one, but they're currently winless right now. As for the Panthers, they just got their first win of the season. And also, just FYI, Cam Newton will be out uh, for this week against the Texans. I look forward to seeing that game. Hope Houston wins. Um, that's not here or there. Uh, just Kyle Allen's four touchdown performance was impressive. 
Uh, Christian McCaffrey was also a difference in that game. He made like a huge 76-yard run for a touchdown. Um, so some people are saying, oh, they should start Kyle Allen throughout the year, not Cam Newton. Okay, yes, Kyle Allen had one game, which ended up being against a very poor defense. So he's going against Houston this week. See how that goes. I don't think it's going to be the same thing. I don't think it's going to be the same performance, but we'll have to we'll have to see. Giants versus Buccaneers. Daniel Jones' performance was clutch. Bucks kicker was not. So Daniel Jones got his first start in his career for the Giants. He uh, threw over 300 yards, threw three touchdowns, and also rushed. Uh, I'm sorry, not three touchdowns. He threw two touchdowns and then rushed for two touchdowns as well. Um, so they ended up winning the game. Uh, 32 to 31. However, uh, Bucks on their final drive of the game were able to drive down the field with no problem because the Giants' defense is still trash. Um, and then they went for a 34-yard field goal, um, in which the kicker missed it, and that's how the Giants got their first win of the year. So I don't think the Giants are necessarily a playoff team. They could be if their defense improves and their offense continues to. Uh, play well under Daniel Jones, but you know, we'll have to wait and see because Shaquan Barkley, their starting running back, who's a beast, is is out for the next couple weeks. Saints versus Seahawks. Hawks come back too little, too late. It was basically Kamara versus Wilson or Kamara. Uh, so Alvin Kamara or Kamara, I can't say his fucking last name. Um, had near, I want to say over 200 yards in total. Offense, both rushing and receiving. He had a couple of touchdowns, all of them on the ground. Um, Saints ended up winning this uh, 33 to 28. Um, Teddy Bridgewater played well. However, you know, the Saints were up 27 to 7. And Russell Wilson, who threw over 400 yards, two touchdowns through passing and two rushing touchdowns, was able to help you know, the Seahawks make it competitive. But his last touchdown pass, his second touchdown pass, didn't happen until five seconds left in the game. So, yes, he got it, but it was already too little too late anyway because the clock ran out uh, by the time they scored. And, you know, the Saints, even though they gave up the touchdown, already won that game. So um, the Saints are going to have another hard game. And um, even though I've already said that the Cowboys haven't played anybody, they're still good. And uh, Seahawks are playing uh, against another team this week. I can't remember, but I'll preview that in the next episode. But that was that was the theme of this game. The, the Seahawks comeback was too little, too late, and they're at, they're at home. But the Saints were able to get that win. Rams. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Texans versus Chargers. Texans quick pass and great pass protection, and Chargers second half collapse. Was what led the Texans to their win. Texans ended up winning 27 to 20. However, uh, at the end of the first half, Chargers were up 10 points, 17 to 7. Uh, but the Texans get did get the ball in the second half first. Uh, they got a rushing touchdown, um, and then the Texans defense forced a fumble on Philip Rivers. They recovered it, and then uh, Nashawn Watson threw uh, his second touchdown pass of the game, uh, which then landed 21 17. And defense made another stop, and then Texans made uh, another uh, touchdown. Uh, great uh, mobility and awareness and being able to break out of the sacks by Watson. He's basically a magician in the backfield. 
down. Another wide open tight end, Atkins, for a second touchdown, receiving Boston's third touchdown pass. Um, however, now granted, the defense did make a stop at the end, uh, so they still won 27 to 20. Um, however, again, the difference, as I said earlier, uh, was the Texans' quick pass. They threw the ball quickly. It wasn't as it didn't call a whole lot of plays throwing deep as much as they did in the first two games of the year, probably because of pass protection issues. Like they're still clearing that up. However, first game against the Saints gave up six sacks, eleven hits. Second game against the Jags, uh, four sacks, ten hits allowed. Now in this game against the Chargers, who boasts one of the best pass rushes in the game, only gave up two sacks and three hits. So you can also credit to quick passing and Watson, of course, releasing the ball as quickly as he can. Um, however, it, I also credit to great pass protection. Um, so Howard, he played right tackle in that game, uh, played well. Uh, he had another left guard who was a rookie, played well too. So the offensive line overall is getting better. And so I imagine that it will continue throughout the uh, the up, uh, throughout the season. And we'll have to see if they continue to do dinks and dunks to set up big, deep passes. Um, but I imagine that most of the Texans' offense is going to be shotgun-related. Um, I know I went in a little too detail about this game, but I just wanted to recognize that that's something you should look for throughout the rest of the season is how often Texas the Texans throw the ball quick and, uh, and see if their pass protection continues to excel. As for our Chargers, are we going to see another game that, you know, they give up another big lead? Uh, we might. Uh, that seems to be the theme of them throughout the season thus far. Steelers versus 49ers. Defense saved the Niners. The Niners offense turned over the ball five fucking times. And they still won. They still beat the Steelers. Matter of fact, they're down by three points in the fourth quarter, and the 49ers took the lead. Throwing a touch that Jimmy threw a touchdown pass to a receiver. And then uh, 49ers made another stop and bam, end the game right there. Uh, so, congrats to the defense. The ranks uh, not only in second in total defense, but also second in forcing turnovers. Um, so, credit to the defense by the Niners being able to help them get three wins on the year. And the Steelers are also uh, winless thus far. Rams versus Browns. RPO for Browns was not used to set up anything. Anyone that doesn't know, RPO stands for run pass option, which is basically you either give the ball to the running back, uh, depending on who you're reading on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's linebacker or DN, uh, mostly linebackers, or if the linebacker chases the run, throw the ball, throw the ball to a quick slant or a quick route to receiver as fast as possible because you don't want to get a penalty for a legal man down the field. That's the that's the theme, or at least that's the best synopsis or the best way to describe an RPO. However, the Browns were able to run that successfully throughout this game. Yes, they lost 20 to 13. Yes, they were fucking stupid. Just based off Freddie Kitchens alone and his play calling. Uh, how do you call a draw on the fourth and nine? Like, why would you do that? You barely even got three yards. Why wouldn't you run the ball when you have all three timeouts and you're at first and goal at the four-yard line? Why? Or if I can call an RPO that's been working for you or at least been able to give you some yards, right? However, 
the RPO didn't set up anything. Like when you're setting up something, like here's another example. The Rams, um, I mean, their offense did not do phenomenally well. However, they were successful in the play-action passes because they were still committed to running the ball. They were still committed to running the ball. So if you're a team that is a zone scheme or a power run and you're just run, 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 you're getting a defense to be able to focus predominantly on the run, and then bam, you set up play action, throwing a crossing route, throwing a deep route to get more yardage and potentially a touchdown. If you're doing RPO, 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 that's an indicator for you trying to set up something so that you can throw the ball deep instead. Because now the linebackers or defense is going to jump over that quick route. And and throughout this game, they kind of did. They were able to stop some of the RPOs, but, you know, they struggled. And if they continue to struggle, I know the saying there is, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. However, if they're struggling, then you have an opportunity to call a different play to throw it deep. You have a setup. And Freddie Kitchens didn't do that. And so that's what's frustrating. I'm also a Browns fan, but that was fucking frustrating. Like, like, also, if I pass the ball a lot, I'm setting it up for a run so I can get a bigger game. Like, or if I'm passing it short, 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 set up for a long pass. Or pass deep or intermediate, set up for a run or short pass. Like, you have different calls because it's part of your identity. But you're also trying to set up something because that was also part of your game plan. And obviously, the, the fucking Browns, or at least due to Freddie Kitchen's play calling, didn't uh, take advantage of the Rams defense when calling RPOs. Um, when it, of course, had set up for something potentially great, but they didn't. And so uh, that was a struggle. So congrats on the Rams being 20 of 13. And the Browns defense also, just FYI, uh, was phenomenal. I know they gave up touchdowns and important field goals, but however, they helped the Browns at least in an offense standpoint, still be able to compete and win the game or tie the game. Uh, but that was the overall theme is that the RPO for the Browns was not used to set up anything. So that's all I got for you there. And last but definitely not least, uh, Bears versus Redskins. Redskins are just terrible. They're 0-3 right now. Defense is trash. Um, the offense, despite ranking fourth and passing offense per game, um, is, is still bad. So. It doesn't matter if you put in Dwayne Haskins or keeping Case Keenum. That team is just terrible. Um, I hate to, again, make so many early predictions. I hate doing that. I'd like to see the season progress, uh, even though I did do predictions in a couple of episodes ago in terms of teams I think that will make the playoffs. But I didn't predict teams who will you know, be winless or whatever. Um, and But unfortunately, it seems like the Redskins are going to be um, – Potentially winless this year, too. Who knows? Um, so we're going to take a quick break real quick. That's all I got for right now. Um, but then after this quick break, this quick transition, we're going into uh, who is the worst undefeated team and then who is the best winless team. And then I'll do uh, a quick preview of what to look for uh, for the Packers and Eagles in Eagles game uh, tonight. So thank you for listening. And then I'll be right back. Hey, 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 welcome back. Uh, just did the, I know it was a long pre, uh, review session, but I felt like some of the details were important to explain. 
uh, I'll make sure throughout these throughout this season, or at least throughout the fall, to be able to keep those as short as possible. Um, but again, thank you for listening to that part. And now we're transitioning to the worst undefeated team. So here is a list of teams that are undefeated right now throughout the first three games of the season. So starting with the AFC, there's only three teams in the AFC that are undefeated. Patriots, because why the fuck not? Um, Bills and Chiefs. And then the NFC side, there is six teams that are undefeated. Cowboys, Rams, 49ers, Packers, I'm sorry, five, five. Uh, and then Lions. So Cowboys, Rams, 49ers, Packers, Lions. However, even though the Lions are undefeated, they only won two games, but they tied their first game of the season with the Cardinals. So just remember that. Um, but the team I'm picking that is the worst undefeated team right now is is the Cowboys. Um, and I'm not saying they're not great or anything, but the main reason is that, as I said earlier, they have not played really any competitive teams right now. They have not. So their first competitive team is going to be the Saints, and they're going to play at the Saints Stadium. And Cowboys are not necessarily always great on the road. So that's the reason. That, and so I'm not dogging on, or at least I'm not saying the offense for the Cowboys is terrible or defense is terrible. No, I'm saying they have not simply played anybody just yet. I'm also not going to say, okay, if they lose to the Saints, that they're absolutely trash. No, I'm not saying that 3-1 to start off the year is good or even 4-0 to start off the year is good, but they haven't played anybody. That's That's simply it. So we'll have to see how they're going to be against a phenomenal opponent, I would say. And um, and the reason why I didn't pick the Packers was because they've already had success against top defenses, you know, Bears, Vikings, Broncos, right? They've already had success against them. Um, and... Though in the remaining schedule, they're facing you know tough defense and like one team that has a tough offense to guard, and that's the Chiefs. You know, they're playing against the Eagles, the Cowboys, Chiefs, Panthers, 49ers, Bears, Vikings. That's not all of the remaining schedule, but I picked the teams that I think would be very difficult to win against. However, they the Packers have proved to be able to beat those teams against great defenses. And I imagine that their offense will be able to get better. And again, in which they're playing the Eagles tonight. And it's going to be at the Packers Stadium. So they're home. Um, so because of Aaron Rodgers, because of the offensive potential, and because of the weapons they have, and their defense has been phenomenal, that's why I didn't pick the Packers as being the worst on the team. Also, not the Niners and the Lions. I didn't pick them because both teams have manageable schedules. Um, you know, I was close to either picking the Lions or Cowboys, um, but I didn't pick the Lions because of manageable schedule. Um, I didn't pick the 49ers because the manageable schedule. Also, the 49ers have plenty of weapons offensively. They're going to clean up the turnover issues, I imagine. And then they have a great defense thus far. So that's why. And also, one reason I forgot to mention why I picked the Cowboys because of the game's I've looked in the remaining schedules, there are 13 games left, but I didn't you know, put down 13 games. It's teams I think that are significant, much like to the Packers. 
but I think it will be difficult to win. But again, the Cowboys haven't played anybody. The Packers have. <coughs> Sorry. And so, you know, again, Cowboys are playing at the Saints Stadium. Then they're playing against the Packers. And they got the Eagles, Vikings, and then playing at Patriots Stadium. And then playing against the Bills. And at the Bears. Then the Rams. And at the Eagles Stadium uh, towards, uh, towards the end of the year. And so I am arguing that it, the division could come down to between Cowboys and Giants. Yes, I said Giants. Yes, I know Giants have a terrible defense. But they can, if they improve defensively and can continue to play well offensively under Daniel Jones, that's what the division could come down to. However, if the Giants play worse and the Eagles don't play better, then you know the Cowboys could easily win the division at seven and nine or eight and eight or nine and seven. All right? I don't see the Cowboys making it as a fifth or sixth team in the wild card spot. I see the Cowboys making it so far. Um, winning the the division. Um, I know in my earliest predictions, I, I said the Eagles wouldn't win the division, but they're not playing well. However, I'm going to stick to the Eagles until the end of the season. And then I'll make it. And then um, I'll review those teams that made playoffs. But that's, again, far down from the line. We still have months to go. But uh, as of right now, that's what it could come down to. But um, I, I just... I think overall, I don't think the Cowboys are so much of a strong team as everyone thinks to be. Um, so, again, I'm not saying they're trash. I'm just saying I don't think they're not as strong. And I think they're going to be dependent on the standings and MCs. And I think that's how they make their uh, playoff spot is for winning the division. So, um, that is the worst undefeated team right now for me. Um, so... And I uh, can't wait to see those teams compete. 49ers are not playing this week because they got a bye. Uh, but I can't wait to see those teams compete again this weekend. Now, as for the worst, I'm sorry, not worst, best winless team. And now of the winless teams right now, starting with the NFC, Redskins, Cardinals, and then NFC, where there's five, um, where there's five AFC teams are winless as well. Uh, Dolphins, Jets, Broncos, Bengals, Steelers. So again, winless. Redskins, Cardinals, Dolphins, Jets, Broncos, Bengals, Steelers. Mind you, the Cardinals are not 0-3, but they're, they are winless because they have two losses and one tie. I think I said that earlier, but just letting you know. And I couldn't necessarily pick one team as I see actually two teams being the best. I and I see a tie. I see between the Broncos and Steelers just because they still have a good defense. I understand the Broncos' pass rush has been horrible. I understand Steelers' secondary has not been consistent. Um, but they have the best defense, or at least they have a really good defense right now. And they have they have running backs. They have capable running backs being able to carry the team. Um, and so... That's why I picked them as being the best um, winless team, but also the best chance for them to be able to get their first win of the season. Um, I would say Bengals, but I see more Broncos and Steelers getting their getting their wins first before the Bengals and any other teams on this list. And so that's it for my 
you know, best winless team and worst undefeated team. And so now we're going to transition to Thursday night football between the Packers and Eagles playing tonight. So what to watch for? Uh, Packers offense will light up the scoreboard. I know they've got more points recently through, you know, being their first game against the Bears, 10 points offensively. Uh, second week against the Vikings, 20 points, I believe. 20 or 23 points. I can't exactly remember. And then against the Broncos this past week, uh, 27 points. And so you guys see, are they going to continuously make that transition a transition to score 30 points tonight? Um, who knows? Uh, but their biggest worry is going to be the Eagles' pass rush. I know the Eagles, again, did not hit Matthew Stafford, barely hit Matthew Stafford, and they didn't even sack him. They still got some pressures, um, but look for them to, you know, look for the Eagles to improve their pass rush. So, again, look for the Packers' offense and see if they light up the scoreboard. Look for Eagles' pass rush. And also for, for the Eagles' offensive, offensively, look for their passing game. Look for the health of wide receivers. Is Alshon Jeffrey going to start tonight, which I believe he is. Uh, he's one of their starting receivers that's been hurt. Sean Jackson going to play tonight. He's still questionable, I believe. And uh, how will they fare against the Packers defense? You know, again, I've mentioned that the Packers defense hasn't exactly played against a good QB. Carson Wentz is one of the better QBs or definitely arguably a top 10 QB in the NFL right now, despite – you know, the injuries that he's been dealing with and receivers have been dealing with, and he's making the most out of the situation. And um, so look for, you know, the Packers offense. Will they lie out the scoreboard? Can they handle the Eagles pass rush? For the Eagles, will their passing game be better? Um, and how will it fare against the Packers defense? So something to look for tonight, Thursday Night Football. I recommend this game. This is by far the best Thursday night football game we'll probably see throughout the season. I imagine there's better ones, but this is the best one I see right now on the schedule. Um, so looking forward to seeing that game tonight, you know, after I you know, study for academics. Um, so thank you so much. Oh, also news of the week is that there's no new ne negotiations between Cowboys and Dak Prescott still. So look for negotiations to pick up mid season, hopefully, and, and see what they, and see what they do. Uh, and if not, then the end of the year. Um, so, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, whether it's morning. Good morning. Thank you for listening throughout traffic or just any work that you're doing this afternoon. Thank you for, you know, uh, listening throughout the afternoon. And if you're taking a break, thank you again. Um, and if you're listening to this at night, I'm hoping you get some good rest for tomorrow. Uh, each day is, is a new day, but also a, a day to continuously work and get better and improve upon your craft or at least reach your goals. Um, but I can't help but be appreciative of y'all uh, listening. Um, so I'll, uh, through social media, social media, I'll continue to do my best to promote. I've just been busy as of late. But again, thank you so much for listening and have a kick-ass fucking day.